It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network. And welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports on this Wednesday, July the 8th on the Worldwide Sports Network. Sitting here on another Wise Guys show with my co-host, Mr. Clarence Nixon. What's up, Clarence? How you doing today, man? Happy Wednesday, man. Happy Wednesday to you, man. Everybody remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Make sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram with these guys, no sports. Hey, Clarence, real quick before we get into the show, bro. One thing about Wednesdays that I like is this spot, man, up on Wind, Wind Road. It's called Buffalo Rings and Rings. You ever had it? They got good wings here. Oh, they yeah, got- I had, yeah, I had that before. I only had that one time. And they do. They got they underrated. Underrated. Very underrated. They, they, they are underrated, man. But they be having like 60 cent wings on Wednesday. So I be having to get my wings, man. Like that's why I, <laughs> I was kind of late joining the, the call today, man. I normally be on a little early, but I had to give me some wings before we came on the show. So it could be <laughs> good luck for me on the show. Even though I really don't need much to to, to destroy you in these sports debates. You know, I don't need nothing, no kind of special like drink or anything like that. I normally always kind of destroy you. Like yeah. wings just sound like a good night to eat. Definitely. We got an action jam-packed show, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans. Should they limit his minutes? Also, we're going to talk about later on the show, top NFL coaches, CBS. They put out another list, Clarence, of the top 10 coaches in the NFL. Me and Clarence will give you our opinions on the list. Also, later on the show, literally 10 years to the day was the decision by LeBron James to take his talents to South Beach. So me and Clarence are going to get into that as well. But we got to first start off in the NFL. As everybody remember and know, Patrick Mahomes signed a record-breaking 10-year extension worth almost $503 million. $477 million is guaranteed as far as mechanisms, but he has also $140 million guaranteed money if he gets injured or anything like that happens. So Clarence, as we begin the show today, First question is, which quarterback do you think is next up for a big payday? Next quarterback up to get a new payday. Mm. This was a tough one, though, Trey. This was a tough one because you got all these young quarterbacks that's coming out and they're breaking out in their second year. And this like this like back to back seasons that a second year quarterback that won MVP in their second career of starting this Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. And I honestly believe, I honestly believe that Lamar Jackson is the is the one that's up next to get a big contract, not similar to like Mahomes, but he go get he go hit that forty million a year. And I think, and I think so is because like they got the high odds, got the high odds on each other, the high well not each on each other, but he got they got better odds. The Ravens they they're expected to like win the Super Bowl, go to the Super Bowl as, as that they are the the top three player teams that's that's going up, going up to win, up to us to win the Super Bowl. And I honestly believe like 
with that rushing attack that they got occurred, that that, that could be that could be dangerous and be dangerous. And he been working on his pass, and so he he got full full support around him. He got everything capable of winning one. I believe that he's up next. Believe it or not. So do you believe he's up next because of his individual performance, or do you think he's up next because of the, the team? I think I think it's an individual. I think it's individual talent. Like you know what I'm saying? Like he's he's literally changing the the game over again in football. He revolutionizing the dual threat quarterback. Like that is starting to be a, a thing now. You got to think about it. The, let me go back to college for you. Uh, for 2021 high school, top high school recruits, Caleb Williams is the number one dual threat. He's going to Oklahoma. There's so many dual threats that's coming into the league that that pocket passing or the strong one is not capable of winning games no more. If you can run and pass at the same time, you likely go win. I'm just saying that, that he's a dual threat. He's believe he's up next, Trey. He's up next to get a big contract. That's me being honest. I was about to say Dak, but at the same time, they still got some stuff they got they got to take care of. First of all, he's playing on that ex- ex- exclusive tag, so that this is like another proving year, proving year for him, him and possibly Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I got I got big expectations for Lamar Jackson. We know he's just reigning in 2019 NFL MVP. You know, we all know last year he had a breakout season, and I believe Lamar Jackson is the most exciting player to watch in the NFL. I love Patrick Mahomes yeah. and how great of a passer he is, how dynamic he is. And I love how clutch Deshaun Watson is. But I think the most exciting player in the NFL is Lamar Jackson, and he's definitely box office. But I disagree with you about it being Lamar Jackson, being the quarterback that's going to be next for a big-time payday. I'm going to pick Deshaun Watson. I believe Deshaun Watson is prime for a big-time payday. You remember last year he had 26 touchdowns, just 12 interceptions, completed 67% of his passes, threw for close to 4,000 passing yards on the season, and he led the Houston Texans to the division around the playoffs that came up short against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. But in that game, they had a 24-point lead. Play here and there, maybe the Chiefs – I'm sorry, maybe the Texans would have been in the AFC Championship game, you know, potentially against the Titans instead of it being Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. But I think Deshaun Watson is really in a position – to get a big-time payday because I believe the Houston Texans, they are putting their franchise in Deshaun Watson's hands. When you trade away a primetime receiver like DeAndre Hopkins, you essentially are saying that, hey, Deshaun Watson, carry us to the promised land. Because now I believe if the Texans have some success and they go on a deep playoff run, I'm going to give all that credit to Deshaun Watson because I feel like at this moment, Deshaun Watson isn't playing with any elite talent around him. Once you traded away DeAndre Hopkins, you took away the primary star receiver that Deshaun Watson had. So, therefore, now the supporting cast that Deshaun Watson is playing with is not very good at all. So, I believe when you look at the division as well, the AFC South, I think the Houston Texans are still going to be in control of that division. You look at the Indianapolis Colts. They brought in Phillip Rivers. We know Phillip Rivers struggled last season. He was a turnover machine. He had 20 touchdowns but he also had 23 interceptions the Jacksonville Jaguars with Gardner Minshew they are a few years away they got a good defense but they're still not ready so they're one of the worst teams in the NFL and then you look at the Tennessee Titans do I expect Ryan Tannehill to lead the the Titans to a, the top of the AFC South I'm not a believer in Mike, Tannehill, Mike Ryan Tannehill like you are so therefore I think Deshaun Watson because he's in an easier division than Lamar Jackson 
I think Deshaun Watson is more prime for a big time payday, more so than Lamar Jackson. He's going to set himself up more. And I'm thinking about everything. I think you need to reevaluate your own opinion of what you just said. One, think about this. Lamar Jackson has the higher percent, better chance of winning, of winning the Super Bowl than Deshaun Watson. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest here. For Deshaun Watson to overcome these this situation of trading DeAndre Hopkins, getting traded for David Johnson, you bring in Brandon Cooks in from the LA Rams, which is still it's a good receiver. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking away from him, I'm not. But at the same time, you pay Lermy Turtle, he's one of the highest paid left tackles. So you expect him to play all pro for the next three years. And for Deshaun Watson to even overcome these barriers, he has to play terrific. He has to have a terrific performance. He has to have a terrific performance. But but he's capable of that. He's capable of that. But at the same yeah. but at the same time, he they the Texans has been struggling. They has been struggling, you know. Run game wasn't solid when Lamar Miller got hit down with the knee injury. I mean, he only, he only had one option to throw to DeAndre Hopkins. He had no reliable receivers. Kiki Kuti was always injured. What Kenny Stills is when he he come out of nowhere in the tight end position. There's no solidified tight, top tight end for that team. For Lamar Jackson team, they have a, a just a destructive destructive rushing attack. Rushing attack that they just can plowed you with all game, all during game, Trey, all game. I can name, what, Mark Ingram, now J.K. Dobbins, what, you still got Gus Edwards, and hey, you can put Patrick Picard in there if you wanted to. Hell, he can play any position if he wanted to. The thing is, the point, the point is, Lamar Jackson has a higher chance of winning a Super Bowl as of right now than Deshaun Watson. You got to think so, about that. He let me ask have, you a question. Let me ask what? you a question. And we, when you compare the AFC South and the AFC North, take away the Ravens and take away the Texans, which team after those two teams has the best chance to reach a Super Bowl? Who would you consider? In the AFC, yeah, who would you consider? Who would you say? In the AFC North and the AFC South, which, who is the third team that has the best chance to reach the Super Bowl behind the Ravens and Texans? Ravens and, Ravens and Texans? That's a, that's a tough one because – not, not, the, no, I'm saying who's the next best team in amongst those divisions? AFC North, we know we got your lowly Bengals, we got the Browns, and we got the Steelers, besides the Ravens. In the oh, AFC, in the, okay, in the oh, AFC South, you okay, you get what I'm saying? Who you got? Yeah, okay, you AFC say? South, uh, right, the team that's right behind the Texans is obviously like you gotta, you gotta be realistic. It's, I, in my opinion, it's the Tennessee Titans because they got a good run game. And a, a solid quarterback and Ryan Tannehill that got a great vertical threat, and you got to pound the rock in Derrick Henry. Now the, the weapons that they're adding to the team is making them more don't, of an underrated threat. They're don't always use great. Don't use great in the same sentence as Ryan Tannehill. I'm, but I'm bad. But he but does. He fits the scheme. He no, but I'm asking you though. Who's the who is the next best Super Bowl contender after the Ravens and the Texans? Comparing the division, who would you consider it to be? The Texans. The, who would it be? The would it be the Titans or the Steelers? It was more, I think, in my opinion, if the Steelers has a healthy Big Ben and Juju Smith can get on board, they can build that connection. They already got a top five defense. I believe the Steelers, even though I hate to say it, they okay. will have a, a higher chance. They will have a higher chance. Okay. But at the same time. You, you, you fell into my trap. You fell into my trap. Exactly. Okay. Because we know the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the top organizations in the NFL, 
and they got one of the best coaches in Mike Tomlin in the NFL, and they have a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback in Big Ben Roethlisberger, you feel as if they're going to have a chance and they're going to be a playoff contender, bare minimum. Therefore, I believe they're going to be competing with Lamar Jackson in the AFC North. It's going to be tougher competition if, for Lamar Jackson if, than it will be for Deshaun Watson in the AFC South, is my point. If, no, but at, at the same time, that's a big if for Big Ben, because at the same time, the the Titans, the Titans, they're a solid team. They're a solid run game team. They can bear you down. And for the Indianapolis Colts, they got something to prove. Phillip Rivers, he's old. He got something to prove. He can, can he lead the Colts to the playoffs? I don't know about all that because it's, I'm still a little iffy. But the Titans, though, they are not some, some team that you sleep on. That's an underrated team that can pound you down the rock, man. I'm going to keep it 100 with you, man. One more I'm thing I want to say, too, before we move on to the next question, I want to say this. Although we love his running style and his playmaking ability, there are questions as to whether or not Lamar Jackson, Clarence, can stay healthy. Can he stay healthy through a duration of a contract? Can he stay healthy throughout the length of a contract? When it comes to Deshaun Watt, that, that, that's the strength of his game, is his ability to make plays with his legs. See, unlike Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, the strength of his game is being a pure pocket passer. He can throw the ball down the field effectively. He doesn't have to make plays with his legs in the open field to be effective. Therefore, I believe the Houston Texans will be more, you know, they'll, be, they'll, they'll give Deshaun Watson a big contract and not think twice about it because more than, than the Ravens, because the Ravens are thinking about the possibility of Lamar getting injured. The, the Deshaun, Deshaun Watson in Houston, the Texans feel like we can just drop, drop him back to pass the rock and we're going to be successful. Lamar I, in Baltimore is a risk because you never know. Getting taking all those hits, you don't know. I think I think everybody misunderstanding that Lamar Jackson was the lead and led the NFL in most touchdowns and touchdown interception ratio. 36 to 6. I think everybody be forgetting that the part that he's very he's a very underrated throw. He's an underrated good passer. He's a he's, he's a very underrated passer. I'll tell you that. I'll tell I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that right now. He's a very underrated passer. Yeah. Look, I ain't taking nothing from me. I ain't taking nothing from me. But listen, listen, listen to this. The only reason that he struggled throwing the ball downfield because he had he didn't have a legitimate number one receiver. And that's something that young quarterbacks struggle with early in their game because they want that they want that big play they want that long pass but at the same time you know you, you got to take time to work on that but for Lamar Jackson they build all these weapons around him. they brought in Devin Duvernay and he brought in J.K. Dobbins that, that can catch out the backfield then you got I forgot the LA Tech guy uh pool I forgot I'm, whatever his name is the point is he got two reliable pass catchers that can be dominant on the team. That can grow with him. I just believe Lamar Jackson is definitely up next, man. I, I like Lamar. I think he. I think he's going to get a big time contract. But I just think the Texans, they they're not going to be as reluctant as the Ravens are to sign Deshaun Watson, or compared to Lamar Jackson, because Lamar Jackson, the injury risk is at play. We negotiating a contract with the team. But let's move on to the next question. How many Super Bowls do you believe? Patrick Mahomes has to win to validate this new contract. Because I'm going to say this real quick, too. I think Fox, the betting number on it is one and a half. So the Fox betting the over and under are, is one and a half. So how many Super Bowls do you believe Mahomes has to win to validate the contract? Like three more, in my opinion. Definitely three more Super Bowls. Got to think about it. It's basically a 12-year contract. So... So if you are you already won one, 
So I feel like you need to need with me opinion, we need to win like three more. Three more, three more to validate that contract because that contract it doesn't it doesn't like can include with the cap space at all. So you they can maneuver around that. So they can pay him some of the money and they can pay him if years back. But the thing is, the thing is for that is that he can you can win Super Bowls during the time you making more money once you win win the championship. I say three, Trey. I say two. I, I say uh, he got to win at least two more Super Bowls to validate the contract. Make no mistake about it. When you are a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes of his caliber, you're measured on how many Super Bowl championships you have on your resume. I think it's unfair because I believe in football is so many moving parts from year to year. It's hard to win a Super Bowl, Clarence. Like people yeah. don't really understand how hard it is to win Super Bowls in the NFL. It is hard to do. So many injuries, so many different things take place throughout the season and different changes on the coaching staff. It's so many things that have to align for you to win a Super Bowl. I think in order for him to validate this contract, though, he has to win at least two more Super Bowls because when you are great at the quarterback position, you're measured off how many rings you have and how many Super Bowls you have in your career. The great Dan Marino, he never won a Super Bowl ring in his career. And I believe when we have these conversations about who is the top quarterbacks of all time, people forget about Dan Marino because he ain't never won a Super Bowl. He never won the big one. My quarterback, I love Aaron Rodgers. You know how great I think Aaron Rodgers is. As great of a talent as Aaron Rodgers is, the fact that he only has one Super Bowl on his resume is a disappointment as a Rodgers fan and as a Packers fan. So that's why I think it's very important for Aaron to at least get one more before his career over with. But I think in order for this contract to be validated for Patrick Mahomes, I believe he has to win at least two more Super Bowls and finish his career with three Super Bowl championships. And if you get a fourth one, that's just that was luck. That was luck. That was just like a oh, I got I got that one just to add on to my legacy. But so, you gotta get at least two more. Two more in 12 years, though, Trey. Two more is in 12 years. That that that's ridiculous. But everybody go follow wise guys on Facebook, wise guys, Instagram, these guys know sports. And Twitter wise guys 08. And also give us a subscribe button on YouTube. At what did wise you just say real quick before we move on? You said what's ridiculous? Oh, this it's just ridiculous that he's winning two that you think you can win two games in a 12 year extension year? No, I said two two, two more Super Bowls that that validate validate the contract. Uh, but you gotta think about it. He can he raised he already raising the bar. He getting he's already raised the price, the market. He he resetted the market now. And on top of that. What he got seventy six touchdowns in, in what three years? So then you can you can expect more from him. He's he's healthy. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the game right now. So you can expect him to win like three more Super Bowls in a twelve year extension. Yeah, think about it. He's a great quarterback. He, we already listen to him as but, a great quarterback. But yeah, we know he's a great quarterback. But even if, okay, Aaron Rodgers won the Super Bowl in two thousand ten. He hasn't been back to the Super Bowl. So that that I'm giving I'm giving realistic expectations. You saying he's gonna win three Super Bowls in twelve I years? Know. Right, I don't. That's that. That's basically you're saying twenty five percent of this contract he should be winning the Super Bowl. I don't think that's realistic. It's hard to win in the National Football League. I think if he gets back twice and wins two more Super Bowls, that'll validate the contract. I think it's unrealistic to expect him to win three or four more Super Bowls. That's not going to happen. Can you figure? All right, can you name one weakness to stop Patrick Mahomes? It's not a bat, bat just Patrick no, no. Mahomes. But we know this is football. You know how this, no, this works. This is football. And the thing is, he makes players compete. 
And when he made players compete, he, you fall into his trap. If he's competing higher than you at a high level, he's going to win that game because he's a big threat. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, right? The same, listen, nobody's taking nothing away from Patrick Mahomes. But it was – I remember this year in the postseason, the Kansas City Chiefs, they trailed in every single game at one point. Every game. Oh, Patrick, man. Hold on real quick. As great as Patrick Mahomes is, for the first three quarters of the Super Bowl, that 49ers defense shut him down. So don't make it seem like Patrick Mahomes. But they is figured just, it out. They figured it out. They figured they, it out. They did figure it out, but don't make it seem like Patrick Mahomes can't be stopped. Like it's nowhere stopping. I wouldn't be surprised if he won a. I wouldn't surprised they won back to back Super Bowl years. In my opinion, I wouldn't be surprised because at the same time, same expectation. You got one of the best coaches, one of the best coaches in the league, at Andy Reid, and the, the the most exciting player in my opinion is Patrick Mahomes because he he, he throws. He does extraordinary things that you would never expect, that you would never think to happen. Patrick Mahomes is special, man. He's a special guy. He's a game changer. He's not a game manager. He's a game changer. Right. We got to move on. But real quick, last thing I want to say, you brought up Andy Reid. Andy Reid is 62 years of age. We don't know how many more years left Andy Reid is going to coach the Kansas City Chiefs. That's something else you got to keep in mind. But let's move on and let's go talk about Zion Williamson. And let's send a happy belated birthday shout out. Yeah, happy belated birthday to Zion. And so we know the Northern Pelicans, they're going to get an opportunity to get in the playoffs once we have the NBA restart at the end of July. So, so far this season in 19 games, Zion has averaged 24 points per game and is 10 and 9 in the games that he's played so far this season. So the question here is, Clarence, should the Pelicans limit Zion's minutes once the NBA returns, um, I think they they uh, the New Orleans Pelicans shouldn't shouldn't uh, limit his uh, his time because you had what almost th- four months of layoff time because of the pandemic of COVID nineteen. I think this was the opportunity for him to get in shape to uh, let his injuries heal from previous years or the previous game. You no, know, he just got enough time to like regenerate himself, and I believe that. When, once he come back, he, he probably gonna be playing the best basketball he, he probably ever played that he ever played because he gonna want it more. He want to lead his team to the playoffs. He's so exciting. He's so exciting when he's playing basketball because at the same time he's young, he's athletic, and he's still developing. We're, look, I love John Morant. I really do love John Morant. But yeah. at the same time, Zion is more excited than him. He's more excited than him. And I, John Morant makes some exciting plays, like ridiculous plays. But for Zion, he's 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 trans transformed this team into like, hey, we're making this, we're making a playoff threat, and we we're pushing on it. But I think they shouldn't limit his time his time because you limit his little minutes. I think you should put let him play to his uh max, and then you build off of that for next season. I disagree with you. I think they should limit his minutes because I believe that you got to think about it. Are they really true championship contenders? No. Do we really believe the New Orleans Pelicans is going to compete for a championship once the NBA resumes at the end of July? No. I think they should go down there with Zion, and they should build chemistry amongst that team. He should get some quality minutes, but to have him playing over 35 minutes per game and just, like, basically exasperating so much energy for a team that's not going to the championship this season anyway, I think it would be unnecessary. I think it's smart to let him play ball out this year, get some camaraderie with Brandon Ingram, and Alonzo Ball, but I don't think they should go crazy with his minutes and have him playing over 35 minutes plus 
and all that because I feel like you got to save him for next year. This is your franchise player. He's not going anywhere no time soon. But I think at the same time, it's more than you got to set the tone of, hey, I'm the new guy in town and I'm ready to and I'm ready to set the tone for the NBA because I'm up next. I'm going to be a future superstar. I'm going to get that max deal. I'm going to lead my team to the playoffs. Hell, if I got all the confidence I get, we're going to lead them to the uh, uh, NBA finals, man. That's the type of things that some of these these young players are are being capable of. Let me let me take you back. Remember when Jason Tim they broke out. They broke out um his day rookie year. Went to the conference finals. Went to the Eastern yeah. Conference against the great LeBron James and they came short in seven games. They 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 had a miss they had a, a mission. Once when Kyrie come back, they're going to the finals because all that confidence that they had, it was it was helped transition to the next season. But yeah. unfortunately they did, they couldn't make it that far, even though Jason Tatum stated at the All Star game, All Star weekend, that they're going to the finals. It didn't work. It didn't pan out. But he still set the tone because he's a young, he's a young talent, young superstar in the making. And that's what Zion needs to do for the NBA. He need to set the tone that that he's here, he's healthy, and he can play whatever minutes they give at him. Thirty five minutes. That's playoff minutes right there. I give you that, Trey. Thirty five plus minutes is a playoff minute. And these yeah. last. It's about to feel like playoffs, playoffs worthy, right? Worthy, excuse me, playoffs worthy. So these next eight games, they they gonna be playing their toughest, harsh, snot nosed basketball right then and there. I'm excited for it. I think they should not limit his time, man. So let's move on to the next question. Do you believe, as currently constructed, the New Orleans Pelicans they have enough to win an NBA championship? That's a tricky question, though. That's a tricky question because at the same time, you got Brandon Ingram and um, JJ Reddick. You know, Drew Holiday contracts are coming up, and in a minute, you gonna have to decide which pieces are the right pieces to build with that team. But if I had to take a shot right now, I still don't think they're a, a excuse me, an NBA championship contender team just yet. I feel like the confidence is there, but it got it needs time to keep building up. It need to just keep building up because at the same time, they have a lot, a lot, a lot of talent around them that that can be that can be something very dangerous. Like in Lonzo Ball, I still have I still got faith in the man, this this boy, man, this boy, man. I still think he can make this, he can make it work. But at the same time, he just wants the ball in his hand. He wanna get everybody involved, which I love to think about him. Now, for a couple of years, that's going to be a test run because at the same time, you still got LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, uh, Jokic, you got Gobert. It's a lot of tough competition. Luka, Fox, it's a lot in the Western Conference. In order to be a championship team, they honestly probably have to bring in players that are serviceable up to their strength. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I I like Brandon Ingram though, because Brandon Ingram this year he been balling out. He averaging twenty four points per game. Yeah. Um, you know he's balling out this year. I think he's the most improved player. Like you can make an argument that Brandon Ingram is approaching star status. Like he can, he's a player you can build around. I like what Brandon Ingram is bringing to the table. I like him with as a one two punch with Zion Williamson. The biggest issue I got with the New Orleans Pelicans, Clarence, is that player from UCLA who was the number two overall pick in a draft a few years ago. I'm talking <laughs> about Lonzo Ball. My problem with Lonzo Ball is he's not very assertive. He has to be more aggressive and create his own shot 
and get better offensively. The problem, that's been my issue with him since he came into the league. I like how he can pass the ball. He's a great passer of the basketball. He's going to be one of the greatest passers in NBA history. I'm thinking about Jason Kidd, LeBron James, Steve Nash. That's the kind of passer that Lonzo Ball is. But Lonzo has to take his game to another level as far as a scoring threat. He needs to be able to score more points and put the ball in the bucket. That's my biggest issue with the New Orleans Pelicans, and that's why I believe they're not championship contenders as currently constructed because I don't believe in Lonzo Ball's scoring ability. I need to see more from him at being able to put the ball in the bucket. But I do like Brandon Ingram, and I like Zion Williams. Yeah, but at the same time, Lonzo Ball is is a, a big, toss point guard that can stretch the floor, that's been working on his form of jump shot, and he got great passing abilities. Great passing abilities that's, that's outstanding work that they need. And for Drew Holiday to mentor him, help him on his defense, that's, that yeah. can be something big in the future. You got to think about it. Most you don't, you, don't, you don't see a lot of, like, guards that's playing defense. A lot, a lot, not a lot of tall guards. They use their height. To like you know play the post, but at the same time when they playing on ball, that's some that's a big threat. And for Drew Holiday, that's he's a good perimeter defender. I think he he gives the ability for Lonzo to up his game a notch. For for Lonzo, he I think he need to let the game come to him. When he let the yeah. game come to him, it's gonna make him better automatic because he's already halfway there, man. He's already halfway there. Brandon Ingram is a star in the making, and it's 2017. Yeah season with the Lakers he averaged 16 points per game 2018 with LeBron he averaged 18 points per game and then last season you know before the shutdown Brandon Ingram was balling out averaging 24 points per game on 47 percent shooting from the floor Brandon Ingram is a star in the making and I like his brother's game Clarence a lot like yeah. he's really been showing me something this year being able to put the ball in the bucket and create opportunities for others to also score the basketball this year, he's averaging four assists per game. So I like what Brandon Ingram is doing as a player for the Pelicans. I'm just not so sure if they have that third piece that can make them a championship contender. And I also know playing in New Orleans, that's not a big-time market for free agents. Free agents not going to New Orleans to play basketball. It's every, I love New Orleans, though, for everything else. It's a partying city. Bourbon Street is off the chain. But guess what? People are not going to New Orleans to play for the New Orleans Pelicans. So I look at everything in its totality. I don't think this team is championship contender quite yet, but if they add one more piece that can make plays and create their own shot as a ball handler, I think they'll be right there in a championship conversation. But look, the Pelicans, the, the, New, the city of New Orleans, they love their, they love their team. They love their team. They love their team. They love their basketball team. They love their football team. They love everything. Anything including New Orleans. And I think for the Pelicans, the only shot they can get at them is, is keep improving. They need to once they break out, break out their real game, they're gonna be dangerous. It's gonna be very underrated. I agree with you completely. I agree with you. Let's move on and let's go and talk about the NFL top 10 coaches according to CBS. Here are the top 10 coaches in the NFL according to CBS. Let's start yes. off with number number 10, Mike Zimmer, number nine, Doug Peterson. Number eight, Pete Carroll. Number seven, Mike Tomlin. Number six, Sean McVay. Number five, Kyle Shanahan. Number four, Sean Payton. Three, John Harbaugh. Two, Andy Reid. And one, Bill Belichick. So my question for you is, do you agree with this list that CBS put out for top yeah. 10 coaches in the NFL? I don't. I, I disagree. I disagree with this list. This list is ridiculous, Trey. 
This list is ridiculous. Yeah, they uh this this list right here. I'm like, where's Mike Vrabel? Where's Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans coach? Did he let his co- did he let his team to playoff wins? Did he prove did, should he be on that list? Uh, here's the thing. Sean McVay, he had a terrific year in 2018, but 2019 they degressed Brad. They 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 made oh my god, it was bad. Sorry, excuse me, my bad. No, you good. But the point is, the point is, I don't, I don't, I don't like this list because my one Pete Carroll and, and Mike Tomlin, they are they are ranked so low. Two, Kyle Shanahan, he chokes in big time games. I don't think he's not even a top five coach. And three, you gonna hate me for this. Sean Payton, I don't think he's not even a top five coach in in the in the league right now. I don't think that. Ugh. I don't think no Sean Payton ain't on top five. They've been they ain't been they ain't so. They ain't showed us nut showed us nothing yet. The same they ain't have good luck in the playoffs for three straight years. They've been struggling. They've been struggling. Like on the low, they've been struggling. Trey, I don't even think Kyle Shanahan and Sean Payton are top five coaches. I truly don't believe that. My biggest issue with this list is the fact that Mike Tomlin is seventh. Why in the hell is Mike Tomlin ranked seventh on the top ten coaches list? And we know Mike Tomlin. Is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Look at his winning percentage. He's 141, 80, and one. That's his career record as a head coach. He's won 63% of his games as a head coach. I got one example for you just to understand the caliber of coach that Mike Tomlin is. Look at the catastrophe and the mess that Antonio Brown is. Yeah. Look, at, look at what Mike Tomlin had to manage in that locker room with egos like Le'Veon Bell, like Antonio Brown, like Big Ben. He had to manage these egos for multiple years with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And what happened? The Pittsburgh Steelers were contenders in the AFC for multiple years. Every single year, the Steelers, I know you hate the Steelers, and I know plenty of other Bengals fans that hate the Steelers as well, but you got to get credit where it's due. Mike Tomlin had the Pittsburgh Steelers in a position to compete in the AFC they just couldn't beat Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. That was their problem, but they always was at the top of the AFC North. I have an issue with Mike Tomlin being ranked seventh on this all, all coaches list. Like, they got Cal Shanahan and Sean McVay ranked above Mike Tomlin. That makes no sense to me. It's ridiculous. That makes no sense to me. Mike Tomlin is a better coach than Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay, and he's more proven, and he's won bigger games in the playoffs. I think Doug, Mike Tomlin got robbed when they were putting together this list. He should be ranked higher than seven. Doug Peterson should be ranked higher too. Doug Peterson is, I believe, is a better coach than McVay and Kyle Shanahan because one, he when he lost Carson Wentz, he lost his 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 franchise quarterback. He had to turn to Nick Foles to handle the ship, and Nick Foles did well. Nick Foles did a great job handling the ship. Hell, he brought him a Super Bowl. Doug yeah, Peterson. Good point. He should get he should get all rights of, of being a top a top uh, coach in the league. Hell, I think he he might be a top five. I can bring you down my top in my opinion top five right now. I Go got ahead. Bill Belichick. I got Andy Reid. I got um John Harbaugh. I, I got John John Harbaugh, and I got Mike Tomlin, and I got no no I got Pete Carroll. I got Pete Carroll, and I got Doug Peterson. Right right there. Yeah. That's that's my good top five right there. And where is Bill O'Brien? 
even though he make these crazy ass. What? Yeah, excuse me, excuse me. Did you really just say that? Bill O'Brien. Yeah, Bill O'Brien is a great coach. He's a great coach, man. He, he, he makes ridiculous moves, but he's a great coach. He's a great good coach. Hey, these lads, the last five or ten years, five, five couple years, man. He he rallied his team up to get a playoff win. He rallied that team up last year to get their playoff so, win in two years. So Bill O'Brien, he's a great coach. The same coach that lost a 24-point lead in the AFC divisional round playoff not, game. Not a great coach. He's, yeah, you, he's, he's, he's a good great. coach. Yeah, he's a good coach. He's, you said great. You said great. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. But he's okay. a, he's a top, he, should, he should be a top 10 coach, though. He should be a top 10 so coach. So who would you take out? Who would you take out? Who would I take out? I will take out on this mm, list. That see that list. I I want to be biased or nothing. That I, I won't. I don't know. But at the same time, the Steelers haven't made made the playoffs in two straight years. You would take out Tomlin. I'm, I'm talking with you. I'm no. talking with you. Okay. All right. Don't do it. I, don't do it. I would take McVay out because at the same time. Like they regress, and you you traded away Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks, and you you basically you still got to deal with Jalen Ramsey contract. And I think the Rams they they probably be about to be on a derailed season because I don't trust Jared Goff enough. And Me plus, too. Bill O'Brien, Bill O'Brien is is a is a fine finessing coach. You can't you just got to admit to that. Okay, man. I think okay, Mike Zimmer is at ten. I think Mike Zimmer is a better coach than Bill O'Brien. I like Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer, he's from that coaching tree with the Bengals and Marvin Lewis. I like Mike Zimmer as a coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Look what Mike Zimmer is working with on the offensive side of the ball at the quarterback position. He's working with Kirk Cousins. We never <laughs> believed Kirk Cousins to be elite. Like, we like Dalvin Cook as a running back, but Kirk top- Cousins... Say it again. It's, it's a possibility Kirk Cousins can be a top-10 quarterback. No, he's not a top-10 quarterback. Stop that. Stop hey. that. Stop. Hey. I, can, I can name multiple quarterbacks that's better than Kirk Cousins, but I ain't going to get to that. I think Mike Zimmer is a better coach than Bill O'Brien. I think Bill O'Brien is in that top echelon of coaches. Like, he's top 15. I don't think he should be top 10. I like I like all these coaches more than I like Bill O'Brien. But I, like I said, I think also when you look at this list, I think Mike Tomlin and Pete Carroll deserve to be ranked higher than Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. I don't understand for the life of me why they have Kyle Shanahan but, and Sean McVay ranked higher than Mike think- Tomlin and Pete Carroll. I think for that for this for that sense that they was ranked lower because in the recent years they ain't haven't been winning they ain't haven't been winning the games that they were supposed to win. Like the Steelers ain't make the playoffs in two straight years, Trey. The Steelers but, ain't make look, look right, listen, but, wait, wait. Listen, but at the same time, the Steelers didn't make the playoffs in two years. The Seattle Seahawks, they can't get out the first round. And it's looking bad for them, man. Pete Carroll's possibly on the hot seat. It all depends how things go in these next two seasons. I'm gonna say next two seasons. But would you, when you think of Bill O'Brien, man, he 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 bring his team up, and they they he has multiple playoffs to back that up. He got multiple playoff wins to back that up. He probably I'll got. Play- I'll say this: Bill O'Brien is a better head coach than he is a general manager. They need to relieve him of his general manager duties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he, he is very incompetent as a general manager. Anytime you trade DeAndre Hopkins for a, a – what did they, they, they trade him for? For like a third or fourth round pick? Second you, round pick. You couldn't even get okay, you couldn't even get a first round pick for one of the top three receivers in the NFL. You're hey, incompetent. Yeah, yeah, but the second round pick is still valued as a first round pick because second round picks are guaranteed like – 60%, 75% of their contract. But at the same time, 
They got a they got a boom pick. Now for it's up for Kyler Murray and them to help DeAndre Hopkins remain the best receiver in the league. Yeah, but that was top ten coaches in the NFL according to CBS. Let's move on and let's talk about the decision that literally was ten years ago to the day. Literally, literally, January eighth, two thousand ten is when LeBron James decided he was going to take his talents to South Beach. So my question, my, my I guess statement to you is, Clarence, not really a question here. Reflect on how the decision compared to then and now. Like reflect on how you felt about it then, how you feel about it now. You know, when they when they lost to the Boston Celtics, you know, LeBron James lost to the Boston Celtics in six games, and the feeling and the vibe just watching that game it just seemed like that he he's basically gone from gone because one he, he couldn't lead him to another uh nba fight title run like as he did in 2007 and two he needed better players around him and which is cleveland couldn't afford for, for them to do that because they was tied up into contracts to irrelevant players and just personal things and when he decided, like, when he make that decision, talk about taking his talents down to South Beach. Now, before all that, I'm just thinking, like, okay, what LeBron's going to do? He getting all these critics thinking he's leaving. He's leaving. He's going to a new team. He hasn't signed his extension yet. So when he say he's going to make a press conference about it, you, you, you kind of get the jitters. Like, I wonder what team he going to go to. Do I think he's going to go to the Knicks? No, because, nah. Do I think he go to the Bulls? If him and Derrick Rose, that probably would have been pretty nice. Or I thought I think he going to anywhere else. But I never thought the Miami Heat. Honestly, I never thought the Miami Heat. And when he say taking his talents down to South Beach, it finally clicked. Dwayne Wade's down there, and he's still in his prime playing. And the exciting part, they brought in Chris Bosh. I'm like, wow, big three right there. Now the Celtics ain't got Celtics ain't got eight. Hey, Celtics ain't messing with this big three. That's how I'm feeling. The Celtics ain't messing with that big three. And once he made that decision of joining the Miami Heat, I just know like greatness is about to be upon. It's coming. Yeah, I actually when when he made the decision, you know, I under I, I knew it was a lot of backlash that LeBron James received from a lot of Cleveland Cavaliers fans. They were burning his jersey. Yeah. You know, they they were really upset like the fact that LeBron James decided to take his talents to South Beach. And, you know, as a fan, I understand where they were coming from because I felt like LeBron, he could have gave the organization and the fans a heads up that he was going to be taking his talents to South Beach and moving on. I have no problem with the decision to go to South Beach and team up with D-Wade and Chris Bosh. I have a problem with LeBron James' execution during this process at that time. I felt like he should have let Cleveland fans know and, and, and the owner, David Gilbert, let him know that, hey, I'm going to be moving on. I appreciate the time that I spent in Cleveland. I appreciate the time that we spent together building this franchise, getting it to where it's at, but I'm going to be moving on next season, and, and I'm going to be taking my talents down to South Beach. I think the biggest issue for Cleveland fans and the owner, David Gilbert, was the fact that – Dan Gilbert, I'm sorry, not David, Dan Gilbert. The biggest yeah. issue for Cleveland fans was they found out with the rest of us that LeBron James was taking his talents to South Beach. Listen. I don't have no problem with LeBron going to South Beach to play basketball with D-Wade and Chris Bosh. South Beach, Ocean Drive, the decision is easy for me. I don't blame LeBron for going down to Miami and playing basketball with D-Wade and Chris Bosh. Clarence, 
I'm going to Miami. I'm going to Miami. Like, it's easy. Like, are you Cleveland, Miami? Is it, are you, is it anything to talk about here? Like, come on now. I just think the execution was bad. He should have informed the Cleveland Cavaliers fan base and Dan Gilbert, the owner, of his decision before they found out with the rest of us. I think that was the biggest issue that Dan Gilbert had with LeBron James and the fans as well. They, they, they yeah. had issue with that. Yeah, I think when, when he chose Miami, it just started to click. It just clicked that this was the team that he was choosing to decide to play for, and they made immediately impact, which they did. They went to the NBA Finals their, their first year, teamed up together. And then, you know, the back the next two years, they went back-to-back NBA champs. But this was a brilliant idea at the moment. This, excuse me. This was a brilliant idea that's bringing LeBron James and D-Wade the team up, and then you add in Chris Bosh. That it was an exceptional, like, great power forward at the time. That he was young, coming up, and he wanted to join on board, which was which is the best plan Pat Riley ever did. And like yeah. you said, when you got out of Miami, you can go to the beach and just relax, get get all that stress off your mind, and you can just just look at the ocean. I remember remember at the time LeBron James in two, it was 2011 NBA, I think. Eastern Conference Final, uh, my the Boston Celtics was up get three two, and LeBron James just scored forty five points. Yeah. He had thirty at the first half, and he said this: if they didn't win that game, they he honestly believed that they were splitting up right after that season. Like that was a one and done season right there, and I honestly believe that because when you team up, when you got at the time top top ten, top five players in the league at that time. You expecting them to make that big leap and, and score and win finals. You expect them to win multiple championships. You expect them to be at the top, at least top two, at least top two. But for yeah. LeBron, that was the best decision that he did of teaming up with Dwayne Wade, and it, it panned out fine. What, three straight NBA finals, man? What, yeah, three? That, that actually led me to my next question. My next question for you is, we know Le- LeBron James in his four years with the Miami Heat, they went to the finals all four years. They were two and two in the NBA finals. So my question for you is, before we move on to the next topic, do you believe during LeBron James's tenure with the Miami Heat, do you believe they underachieved or overachieved? Good question. And I think that they under they under uh, underachieved uh, the big plan for them because they honestly signed the three year extension. And the last year was a player option. Their last, their last, last year of their contract was a player option. Which, hey, if you win a NBA Finals, you more likely go get another extension. You, you're not gonna, you're not gonna leave and think, hey, I want a Finals now. I want to leave and start my journey off somewhere else. But I, I truly believe that if if they would have won that Finals against the Dallas Maverick, they would have reset it the whole NBA. They, I feel like they would have reset it the whole NBA. They would have gave out that tone of hey, if you can team up with somebody and win it in your first year, you if we can do it, I know damn sure y'all can do it. Y'all yes. can do it. And, 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 for, and for them just to uh, have that strong supporting cast and them top three superstars, they should have. They should have won a 3 P. They should have been a 3 P. At the, they, they, at the time, they was the best trio, LeBron and duo at, at, at all. At like one of the all-time top duos in the league. Like, they were just yeah. a big threat, and and just for them that the supporting cast like Mario Thomas, they can and Shane Battier, Mike Miller, teams that just can 
play off the ball, shoot, and play defense. It all it all made sense. I believe they should have got a three piece. Yeah, I definitely believe they underachieved. Yeah, I completely agree with you. They underachieved during LeBron James' time with the Miami Heat. And if it wasn't for Ray Allen bailing out LeBron in game six of the 2013 NBA Finals, they would have went one and three in their finals appearances during LeBron James' tenure in South Beach, Clarence. They would have went one and three because you remember the first year. They came up short against Dirk Nowitzki and the Dallas Mavericks. That was when Dirk won his one and only championship. He was the finals MVP, well-deserved. To, for one of the top NBA greats of all time. But the following year, they go on to beat the Oklahoma City Thunder. But at the time, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, they were babies, Clarence. They were puppies. They weren't ready for the big-time spotlight that comes with being an NBA star. I thought LeBron James and D-Wade got over that year when they won a championship. I give them credit for winning it, but they won it against babies. Then the following year, again, the 2013 NBA Finals, Tim Duncan and Kawhi Leonard, Tony Parker, they had the Miami Heat down in late in the fourth quarter. They had positioned themselves, Clarence, to win an NBA championship. And I know Tim Duncan, he loses sleep over this because he only got five championships. Tim Duncan could easily have six championships on his resume. You remember what happened that year? Ray Allen hit that game, that game time three-point shot. They won in overtime, and we know the rest of the story. They ended up winning that game, and they stole game six. And that got LeBron James in a position to where he's at now. He's three and six in the NBA Finals. He was one Ray Allen miss away from being two and seven. And then the following year, he know the Spurs, they destroyed the Miami Heat. Figured him out. Yes, with Kawhi Leonard won MVP in the 2014 NBA Finals. But overall, only going two and two, like going two and two during his tenure with the Miami Heat and being teamed up with D-Wade and LeBron James, I agree with you. They completely underachieved. They should have at least went three and one, you know, at the bare minimum. At but least. I, at least. But them losing to Dirk Nowitzki in the in the first go around, that was something that should not have happened. That a was man, man, yes, man. That, uh, yeah, that was something that and that was one of the worst moments I've seen LeBron choke. Like he was literally like he was frozen. Like he didn't know what to do in those clutch moments in the fourth quarter of those games. But like I said, going two and two, that that's underachieving. And yeah. them losing that first title really, really put them in a bad spot overall. Yeah. Everybody go follow Wise Guys on Facebook, Wise Guys, Instagram, These Guys Know Sports, and Twitter, Wise, Wise Guys underscore OH and the A. And definitely subscribe to us, our, our YouTube page at Wise Guys. And we are live on a worldwide sports radio network talking about LeBron James and the decision that happened on this day 10 years ago. Now, Trey, now, I think, yeah, they underachieved, man. Three and one, hell, they they almost, they, hey, if OKC would have played it right, if they would have played it right, they, they could have probably took one from LeBron James. If they would have played it right, but they was too too excited to be in the final, they, they mental wasn't wasn't there. They wasn't yeah. there. Miami mental was there because they been in that situation last year, and they, they couldn't go down. They couldn't go down. And they beat a young team in the Thunder, and that was that. But, right. but. For Miami Heat, they definitely underachieved. They they had they was one of the best pop best team in the NBA. I mean, right. whatever they was, they had number one seeds and they was a number two seed. Like they was a top two team, and I truly believe that if they should have won more NBA finals, they hey they sat for three years. They should won all three of them contracts. And with the yeah. way way and crazy stuff talking about 
they can go 82 and 0. <laughs> they probably could have had Steph Curry in the record, 73 and 9. That's how good they really were. Yeah. Now let's transition to now. Because we know Dwight Howard, he announced he's going to join the Lakers and play in the bubble once the NBA resumes at the end of July. And there was an article, I can't remember if it was on Bleacher Report. It might have been, I don't know who wrote the article particularly, but they said this is LeBron James' last best chance to win his fourth ring. Do you agree that this is LeBron's last best chance to win his fourth championship? Yeah, I agree, man. Like, nah, I, wait, nah. Yeah, I, I do agree. I do agree because at the same time, uh, you know, Rich Rich Paul stated AD is going to be a free agent after this basketball, after this season. He's going to be a free agent regardless. But to pinpoint him to stay, they have to win the finals. That's that's the bare minimum for them. They have to be in the Western Conference Finals winning, and they have to really make the finals because you ain't bringing LeBron James just to just to entertain entertain fans. You brought him in because he's capable of bring of bringing you a title. And this is this is an all-out year. I agree with Giannis back back in our last show. This is the toughest role for the championship because everyone is hat healthy. Everybody been eager to play basketball, and they ready to get on the floor. They doing whatever it takes to be better than the next person. They they intend to be better from one game until the last game. Like they they are looking they are looking for answers to be better. And LeBron James for him he is looking for answers to be better. They need yeah. they win this championship trade. They need to win this because at the same time, if you don't win this game, you losing out on future money. You may lose out on a superstar because you wasn't capable of winning a, a Western Conference final or even a finals. Yeah. This the bare minimum they have to make the finals. Man. I LeBron, know we're supposed to debate. I know we're supposed to debate on wise guys, but I agree with you here too. I we we, we on the same page. Listen. Yeah, it's we on the true. same page. Because when you look at the Le- LeBron James, he's going to be 36 in December. So he's go- he's getting older. Father time is undefeated. At some point, father time is going to hit LeBron James. And when I look at the Western Conference, we know John Morant on the come up. We just talked about the Pelicans earlier with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. At some point, Zion is going to emerge into being a consistent superstar. We know how great Luka is with the Dallas Mavericks. And then you look at those brothers out there in the Bay who you don't believe in, but I do, Steph and Clay are going to be coming back next season. The Warriors are going to be instant title contenders when you have Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson, the greatest shooting backcourt in NBA history. And also don't combined... Forget, don't forget a young Minnesota team. I ain't worried about no Minnesota. Well, I, 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 I ain't worried about Minnesota. I ain't worried about Minnesota. But, Russell and Cal, I, I ain't worried about Minnesota. But, but, that might be the young, underrated top duo in the league. Don't sleep on them. I ain't worried about Minnesota, but I'm, I'm, I'm like I said, the Warriors, they'll be back. The Rockets, they always going to be champ, you know, in the conversation because they got James Harden. Not saying they're going to win it, but they're in the conversation because they got one of the greatest players offensively in NBA history. And then you got the Clippers. You got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard who are both trying to capture a championship for the Clippers. And we know Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they both from L.A. So they want to win a championship for their hometown. And so the I believe... Yeah, I believe this is LeBron James' last best chance to win an NBA championship, especially playing at a high elite level like he's playing right now. So, Mr. Larkin, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. So, let's transition to Dwight Hyde. You know, he he decided he wanted to come back and play. Do you believe, do you honestly believe that if the Lakers win 
this NBA Finals, this will solidify, like, this solidify Dwight Howard Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame moment. Hall of Fame, first ballot. You think he'll be a Hall of Famer? He'd be one of the best centers. I think he already is going to be in the Hall of Fame because he's one of the greatest defensive players we have in NBA history. But we got to we gotta go. Right, we got to go. We'll get back into that on Friday's show. Everybody remember, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H, also on Facebook, Wise Guys. We'll be back on Friday with the Wise Guys on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody have a great night. It, it, it's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio Network. Radio Network.